Alright, hello everybody, welcome to the Wicked Side, this is Brenna speaking, and Tom, really? <laughs> yeah, I just, I want to move away from the table because I get animated sometimes, and if I bump the table, it's fucking, yeah. Every intro, every intro you're gonna do this. <laughs> yeah, something, uh, I mean, I I'm not you. ready until we're going, I'm a seat of your pants player, you know what I mean? I'm I coming in, <laughs> I'm just coming in hot, that's all it is. Oh, so hi everybody, once more, you can tell I got my brother Tom with hey, me again. Hey everybody. So... He did such a great job with the Eastland that I asked him to come back, and he agreed, so... And I failed to do my homework this time. I know... Actually, I think that's going to be interesting, because if you haven't heard of this case, I think that'll get a really good... That's kind of what I'm hoping for. That's And that's kind of what I'm hoping for. I looked up enough to know that it it was in Speedway, Indiana, and it was like, what, four or six people? Four. Four disappeared from... Was it a a drive-in theater or something? Or... Fast food restaurant. Fast food restaurant. There we go. And that was it. I'm telling you, we're going in blind here. Yeah. So if you're a true crime fan, you probably already know what he's talking about because it's pretty well talked about. I know My Favorite Murder has covered this and Morbid has covered this along with several other uh, podcasts, but I'm going to do it uh, mostly because I like doing the local stuff and I think it's always interesting, you know, the closer to home. We're going to be covering the Burger Chef murders. Sounds nice. Fast food restaurant. Right? That, that makes sense. Yeah. It, it's, it really sounds like a fast food restaurant off Family it is. Guy. It, it, it's a fast food chain, yeah. It, it sounds like the one from, from The Simpsons or something. It doesn't sound real. I'll yeah. agree with you on that. Yeah. I was like, come get the McFatty Burger from mm. Burger Chef. Exactly. It's kind of like it's Burger like Chef that joke Boyardi. of like, that's like an ad, like. An action star calling themselves cool guy make awesome or yeah, something it, like yeah, that. It's, it's like it's, it's the, just a little too on the nose. It's the poor name of fast food restaurants. It really feels that way, yeah. Yeah. Alright, fair enough. <laughs> Anyways, here we go. On a cool, windy afternoon on November nineteenth of nineteen seventy-eight, in Speedway, Indiana, a couple chose to take a walk in the woods surrounding their home. A walk that ended in a gruesome discovery. The couple stumbled across four bodies in those woods, all of them belonging to young people. These would turn out to be the bodies of Jane Freet, who was 20, Daniel Davis, who was 16, Ruth Ellen Shelton, who was 18, and Mark Flemons, who was 16. Jane was described as incredibly driven and hardworking. It was said she had an impressive work ethic and was determined to climb the corporate ladder at Burger Chef. Also, she was like, she was 20 years old. She already lived on her own and had established herself she'd been working at burger chef for three years at this point and everybody who commented like anything that i found it was just how hard of a worker she was she was really determined to pull herself out you know (sighs) so only the good yeah yeah Um, Daniel was an amateur photographer and it was said he was very friendly and outgoing working his way through high school of course Ruth was said to be very kind. She came from a religious family. And again, she was very hardworking and intelligent. And everybody remarked on how very kind she was. She was a quiet, kind person. Then we have Mark, who was also said to come from a very religious family. He was known to be friendly, outgoing, uh, and very careful with his appearance. He was very meticulous. And he always liked to look his best. So... These are, unfortunately, the four young people that were found. Well, they said... It's, it's different, you have different assumptions made if if you 
had a background in crime and you know mm-hmm. you you had this or that and then you die under some mysterious circumstances it gives you some kind of basis for to wrap your mind around it but when you just have people who were, truly innocent people yeah, we're going to the soda hop on sunday after yeah. with my best girl kind of stuff and like, just four young people yeah. at work yeah 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 see the worst i gotta deal with now are some karens or something over the yeah. counter talking about cold food or something no mark wasn't supposed to be working that night he took um over a shift from a co-worker named ginger who <laughs> yeah. sorry all i think of is the clerk from Clerks, Dante. I'm not even supposed to, to be, be here today. Right, and if anybody has the right to say that. Oh my god. That, yeah. yeah. Did and anybody check the toilet? Did anybody check see if he was dead in there? <laughs> um, Ruth was actually, she had wanted to quit a couple weeks before that, but decided to stay because she didn't want to leave her crew and her friends short-staffed during this season because it was a busy season for him. So instead of quitting, she stayed. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Anyway, Jane had been found stabbed twice in the chest. The blade of the knife was still stuck in her body and the handle had broken off. Handle, by the way, has never been found. Oh. Yeah. Both Daniel and Ruth were shot execution style in the back of the head multiple times with a thirty-eight caliber weapon. Mark's body was found furthest from everybody else's. It appeared as if he tried to make a break from it and had run into a tree in the darkness and unfortunately, he died choking on his own blood, having been beat to death what, with what investigators believe to be chains. Oh. Yeah. Broken in every place, I bet. Yeah, they... Oh. And this is going to get gruesome, so trigger warning for folks, but oh. they said he barely looked human. Yeah. I can... do that stuff liquefied, like... Yeah. It's a process. Neither the firearm, nor the chain, nor the handle of the knife were ever found. This shook the small town of Speedway, Indiana. You see, Speedway had been having a very eventful year. A woman had just been murdered in her own home, and the town was being terrorized by multiple bombings, one of which was under a cop car. Yeah. So I'm seriously thinking about doing another episode just covering the Speedway bombings, looking into it. It was massive. Like, That's crazy. That sounds... Yeah, so this was all going on during this time. Now, was this was that unsolved as well, or did they come up with um, some I people? I don't for that? know. I started going down the rabbit hole, and I'm like, oh, no, okay. I have to yeah, focus. I'm like, I don't. I, Fair I don't know if I went down it. Exactly. I knew if I went down it. Well, because I already got on the the woman's death. Yeah. Okay. So that might be a contract killing. Okay. Because the. She had um, complained about, uh, made a complaint about the grandson of a prominent businessman. Right. Whose grandson was harassing her granddaughter. Yeah, okay. So, So, yeah. Somebody got paid to shut somebody up and, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the speculation at least. Yeah. Again, I don't know more about that case because, again, I started going down that rabbit hole and was like, no, no, stop. (laughs) Focus. Fair enough. (laughs) Speaking of which, back to the script. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, it's also important to remember that not too long before this, Ted Bundy had just been caught, and the country kind of as a whole was taking a collective sigh of relief, this being the closing of what we now know as the golden age of serial killers during the 70s, so. Yeah. Yeah. But in this... It was a better generation. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
But this case will be one that goes down in history, not just because of the brutal nature of the murders themselves, but also because of the unsolved nature of the case and the complete incompetence and lack of care showed by the officers in charge. It's a case with so many twists and turns that I'm going to do my best to cover them, but I can't promise everything is going to be completely flushed out. I do always encourage people to do your own research, look into things too. If you want to know more, do it, but you know. Yeah, throw some new facts in the comments. Yeah, something. There's so much to this. Okay. And so I covered what I felt I could in a reasonable amount of time. Well, good. I'm going to um, sit here and contribute nothing. That's okay. Except shock, awe, and horror. You maybe do a little it so disgust. well, though. Maybe, maybe <laughs> just we'll throw in a touch of disgust. No, there'll be more than a few. Oh. Yeah. All right. I'll work on my emotes. <laughs> my emoting. The murder has been theorized over and over again, and it's kind of one of those things where, you know, it's almost like the Jack the Ripper thing, where yeah. you get so many theories and so much speculation, and everybody's got really convincing sounding evidence, that it feels like when a case has been trod over and over and over again, you're never going to find the answer because there's so much layered, you know? I feel that way about Jack the Ripper, Jean Benet, just lots of cases like that. When something's been muddied so badly, I, I don't know that yeah. it's ever going to... Yeah. You know, you're never going to find it, you know? Yeah, and in those modern day ones, like, mired in controversy is the quickest way to get an unsolved murder. Yeah. Like, yeah. Pock and Biggie's shooters are still running around, so who knows? Mm-hmm. Yep. So, why don't we start from the beginning? November 17th, 1978, two days before the discovery of the bodies, a young man stops by Burger Chef Restaurant to visit his co-workers as they were supposed to be closing up. So, he just basically stopped to hang out for a little bit. He was on his way home. And he was just like, eh, I'm going to just stop checking my friends. Maybe hang out with them while they close up. Fast food kills. Instead, he finds the restaurant eerily empty, the safe open, and the back door left ajar. Of course, he called the police right away. Not long after, Indiana State Trooper Jim Kramer receives the call on his radio that four teenagers are missing and he makes his way to the restaurant. Now, Kramer is specifically brought up because he was the first on the scene, but he's been very outspoken even in recent years about the whole case. Okay. He's done several interviews on it. He's talked to several podcasters. He's um, talked to people who've written books on the case. You know, he's been... Been a, a fairly usable source. Yeah. Well, he's also... He's, a consistent source, would you say? Like, yes, he he's very consistent. Okay. He's so very He's same. very reliable, yeah. But it's just... This case means so much to him on a personal level that he's just never been able to let it go kind of thing. Ah. Uh, so. Fair. Yeah. So I think talking about it is kind of his way to keep it in people's minds and maybe one day. Hey, there's you know? a reason there's no statute of limitations for murder. Yeah. Once there was... Once there, he finds empty money bags laying on the safe and an empty roll of tape. The manager arrives and confirms that only $581 has been stolen from the safe. A oh. relatively small amount even then. And this is where the frustration comes in. You see, the cops decided, in what they laughingly call the initial investigation, that the young people had taken the money themselves and gone out on some joyride as a weird form of revenge against the manager. Despite the fact the manager themselves told them that this was wildly out of character for these four individuals. They wouldn't have done anything like this. Right. And another police officer on the scene pointed out that there was the issue of both of the young women 
their purses and jackets were still there. Yep, and if you know anything about some young women, that ain't going nowhere without exactly. them purses. At least them purses. Maybe a jacket got forgot, but that purse is on you. Exactly, and an empty roll of tape. Yeah, that's sus instantly. Come if on. you don't care, maybe that's not suspect. Yeah, they were so convinced that this was nothing. So a lot of these cops didn't make detective is what you're telling me. Yeah, yeah. They were so convinced that nothing was amiss, they didn't even take any crime scene photos of the initial crime scene. They had to stage them later. Oh, that's... Yeah. Yeah, because they did not tell the restaurant to stay closed. It opened the next morning, and the staff came in and cleaned everything. Oh, no. Every potential piece of evidence destroyed. Gone. Oh. Like that. Oh, man. I can't, uh... Yeah. <laughs> and you so, know what? They probably, the, the cops, they probably, most of them probably didn't care or recognize Well, the... they followed up the next day. They called everybody's parents. And, of course, none of them had been heard from. Right. And then they were like, okay, maybe we do need to start taking this a little more seriously. When Jane's Chevy Vega was found abandoned. Yeah. Yep. And then you start finding bodies. Yeah. Ugh. Yep. Later in the interview, Speedway (laughs) police officer, or later on, um, there was an interview with a, a... officer named buddy elwiger who had been assigned to the case much later in it all right he said in an interview we screwed up from the beginning that bold. That's, a... that's coming from an officer on the case that's hey, look, terrifying but at least at least he had the stones to say it yeah yeah at least he was like hey man because at least they deserve the acknowledgement the families deserve the acknowledgement that they didn't give it the effort that they fucked up whatever it is yeah. like they deserve it they deserve that as much as they deserve the killer being caught mm-hmm. like you fucked this up you fucked this up in a process that only you are responsible for I yeah. literally you literally as a civilian can't contribute to that mm-hmm. nothing yep. you can do and they did nothing they did nothing and as we know, Sunday afternoon, 20 miles away, a 35-minute drive from the Burger Chef in question, the woods in the woods behind Center Grove High School of State Road 37 in Johnson County, they were finally found. But it should be noted the police didn't take advantage of the second crime scene and compromised the hell out of the evidence. In an article about the murders on A&E's website, written by Becky Little, published July 3rd of 19... Or of, uh, 2019... Mm. titled The Burger Chef Cold Case Murders, Four Murders Still Unsolved 40 Years Later. They interviewed the author of a book on the case. Julie Young wrote a book called The Burger Chef Murders in Indiana. I do suggest reading it if you're interested in this case. So I've never been that interested in many things. <laughs> <laughs> but this is what the book and the article said about the case as various departments converged on the site some drove through areas that should have been sealed off young writes in her book there were rumors that one of the bodies was moved before the coroner or evidence technician could arrive on scene in addition officer elwiger who we talked about earlier accidentally took home two pieces of identification found on one of the bodies in his coat pocket and didn't realize until a few weeks after the murders. Uh, All right, Barney. Yeah. Come on, Mr. Fife. So even though he's admitting they did shit, 
Oh my he God. was participating in the shit. Uh, yeah. Well, but that's the thing. He, he didn't say they. He said we. As we. a whole. Yeah. I still give him that's credit true. for that. That's true. That's true. He still owned it. Yeah. Like, did he, did he, did he, you know, cast himself on his own sword or whatever? No. But he owned it. Yeah. And it, it don't mean a lot, but it does at least... Give it's you, something like yeah. it, it, at least you know it at his age as long as far as it's been from that moment mm. he regrets it to this day yeah. because he still still thinks about that they could have done it better that they knew they could have did it better yeah they, you failed at your job to give justice that is your job is to help bring justice you are the beginning contact of the justice system you are the the evidentiary arm yeah like uh and you fucked up the one thing about the multiple things that you're responsible mm-hmm. for it. Like, I really hope the training and everything was stepped up after that o- over I this. I hope so, too. So, not only did they compromise one crime scene, they compromised two. And just destroyed them. So, they did eventually find two teenage witnesses who had been around the restaurant that night. The young man claimed to have seen a vehicle parked out in front of the burger chef. It looked out of place... And the restaurant was closed, so they were curious and went to look. Two men got out got out of the vehicle and then demanded to see the boys' IDs. They claimed they were cops. They sent the boys on their way after giving them some story about vandalism happening in the area. And that they were checking around on it or whatever. Uh, so the boys, of course, left. They described the men as white in their 30s. One had a beard and the other was pale with light or fair hair. So, naturally, the police took this lead and ran with it and tried to match the description to local criminals. They even made clay busts of the supposed what they looked like. and um, Overcompensating much? No, because they didn't try too hard on the busts, okay? Oh, oh yeah? Yeah, I've got pictures. Oh, please show me. Yeah. Please show me these third grade, first time sculpture attempts. My first claymaker kids. Oh, that's a... Uh interpretation of a face we'll right. say you that is those are okay that's a greek dude i've seen that one in a museum <laughs> that's that's like odysseus or something right yeah. like yeah that's a dead rip off of some perseus shit those eyes are fucking scary though mm-hmm. yeah that's them together who got paid to do that? I don't know. I really hope it was a local artist. <laughs> I really hope it was some local artist or some, like, cop's kid who was going yeah. through art school and was like, I can throw clay dead. Like, I, and I hope they paid him his first government thing for it and he got it on his resume and it helped him out in life. Okay, so you know what they remind me of? They remind me of, like, when I was young and I was just learning to, like, draw faces yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. When when everybody when you can recognize it as yeah. a face when it, yeah, exactly when you're at that point where everybody's telling you how talented you are but you're like this is shit and I know it's shit <laughs> but it's but it's like Here's but it why. won't stay like this okay like I promise I'm working on it I'm working on it, it. I'm working. yeah <laughs> yeah no I get it I totally yep, yep yeah hey hey look I remember when your art looked like that yeah I love you I know. Hey, no, I'm the, honest about it. I was never no, no, a prodigy. No. So. I knew, no, no, no. I knew though the like the re- okay. So at at that stage, like where it was, it's it was starting to look really noticeably good. Is when you did your room up at mom and dad's 
with the things on the wall. Oh, when I painted the border on the wall. Yeah. That's yeah. when I knew. Because it was right in that phase where it was like, I know what all those parts and pieces are. And I know what you were doing here. Mm-hmm. Like, it looks great. You, like, <laughs> yeah. I, the diamond was showing through. <laughs> that, I was, it was so cool, too, that they let me do that. Mm-hmm. I was really excited. That was, um, it was things like that, I think, that encouraged me to go as far as I did, you know? Mm-hmm. It just letting me have that creativity and letting me Yeah, why do not? Shit it's like fucking that. paint on a wall. Exactly. Like, if anything, cover the shit up later. Yeah. It's not like you Hey, to be fair, it's not like you pulled a Michelangelo and painted the ceiling up with cherub dicks and whatnot. Yeah, right? Exactly. <laughs> nope, didn't do any of that. So yeah. I I couldn't even tell you what was on it anymore. I, I I just know that I was really excited because I had found a metallic paint. And yeah. then I there was a, a lot, lot of silver. Of that. There's a lot of silver. Yep, a lot of silver and black. Yep. I'm like, look at shiny. <laughs> yeah, I remember. Hey. And I swear I'm part magpie. <laughs> I just I I remember that as the moment where it was yeah. like, man, that 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 it's not that moment where everybody's like, you're talented. This is what you did all through high school, and you know what I mean. You're yeah. chug chugging and moving in some direction, and struggling to find where you want to. St- outlet this art into and you kept chugging forward and yeah bam. these clay busts are definitely the before so and not the after no, that's photos. what i said that's some kid in art school that's like some that's kid in art school that's bro. what it looks like to me that's like 100 like faces doodled in a notebook they, like if no, they were drawn they, they would have been drawn on lined paper they just got done with the clay workshop in his class in yeah. college that's what it was he's like dude we just <sighs> did this i think i can get some extra clay and shit too yeah <laughs> Oh God! But it, yes, so I I agree. That's it was it's wild. Now that being said, I don't work in clay. I'm pretty sure I couldn't do any better. Dude, so. look, yeah, look, don't, yeah, don't, don't, don't. I'm not gonna pretend that I am. I can Xerox something if I look at it. I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. Art out of my own head? No, thank you. Yeah. It doesn't. There's no happening here. It ends up looking terrible. Yeah. They did uh, bring a man in for questioning and even put him in a lineup. The man in question, however, shaved off his beard that he had sported for five years the night before the lineup. Oh, sweet. Yeah, so that's not suspicious at all. Hmm. The young witness ended up not picking him out of the lineup. They found this guy, however, after another guy told the cops they heard the suspect bragging at a bar that he had killed the kids. The guy who reported it, however was less than reliable. He had his own record and less than reputable connections. The second guy that he accused apparently uh, was actually wait, wait. already the in the same jail. bad news dude accused two different people? Yeah. Oh, fact. Yeah. Yeah, so those are going nowhere. And one of the guys was in jail at the time. Yeah, that's some he yeah. owed me money or he owed me some drugs or... So he the cops still kid. had nothing solid to go on at this point. Hell yeah. no. It's also kind of important to know I don't have it in the script, but I think it's important to say. The investigation went on for almost 10 years. Oh, that, that spanned some careers. Yeah, it did. Yeah. And again, that's one of those things why I, I say it's it's one of those cases that's been tread over so heavily. I, I applaud them for at least keeping it ongoing. Mm-hmm. To what degree, to what intensity, to what focus, to what... It, that's... I, I guess I don't know. Yeah. But... At least you can say that they did that, and maybe yeah. that was the least that they could do. Now, at this point, we're going to get into some of the theories, some of what the evidence points to. And this is where things get a little more convoluted, because they lead into other crimes 
too. Um, it's I'm trying to think of how to phrase it. It's one of those things where it, it's just theories, mm-hmm. and they all sound really good, but obviously nothing has come of it. Yeah. So right. Yeah. So super speculation mode engaged. Yeah. In 1981, Jane's brother, James, was arrested on drug charges. This brought him under investigation for possibly having a connection to the murders. He was eventually let go, but it makes sense of what happened years later, and we'll get into the second story in a bit. James actually served time for his drug charges, specifically selling cocaine. And while inside, an inmate named Alan Pruitt walked up to him one day and said, Sorry about your sister, and what a prison counselor who was nearby and witnessed said that the exchange seemed more like a taunt than it did anything else. The counselor, of course, reported this to police, who unsurprisingly wanted to talk to Pruitt. Pruitt claimed to actually be a witness to the crime. He claimed to have seen two men he recognized, a Tim Willoughby and Jeff Reed, outside the Burger Chef that night in an orange van. He also claimed to have witnessed the men loading the young people into the van and Jane's white Chevy Vega. Pruitt said he initially thought they were just going to hang out together until one of the older men smashed one of the younger men's head into the side of the van. Now, that's kind of important to me because with Mark Fleming's body, they said there was some damage to his face that was different from the rest. And this is the chain guy. Yes. Uh, Yeah. They believe that he might have, like I said, that he might have broken away and then ran into a tree and that would have caused the different abrasions. Yeah. But then they're saying this and maybe they didn't come from a tree. Yeah. Maybe they came from the side of a van. You know, that kind of thing. Oh. Yeah. He added a few days later, and I feel it's a weirdly detailed story, you know, when somebody throws too much in it, you know. Question. Mm -hmm. Was there... Any evidence of sexual assault? No sexual assault. Okay. No signs of any kind of sexual assault. Because they brought that up, too, because they wondered if it might be the work of a serial killer. But so often serial killers have a sexual component to them. And there was no evidence of any sexual component. Usually if if a group is taken and the dudes get taken out first, there is an intent of sexual assault. Yeah. So that's why, okay. I don't know in what order the murders happened. Okay. Fair enough. So... Well, at least by that timeline, if they started by getting him in a van and bashing this dude's yeah. head in, that's exactly where it would lead. The me only to thing like, we know oh, God, for please. certain is that uh, the only thing I know for certain is that um, Ruth and Daniel were killed together. Okay. So around the same time. Okay, and then so, either they didn't they were have both more shot ammunition. Style? Yeah. Okay. So either they ran out Look, of ammunition dude, because yeah. they unloaded most of it in. Yeah. The two. And that's how, unfortunately, Jane and Mark came to their ends. Look, dude, if I gotta so, go, I guess... I, I I would rather just take a bullet to the back of the head than get beat with a chain till I fall apart. Well, Tom, I think I'd rather not die. <laughs> Look, I, yeah, well, here, here's the funny thing about mortality. <laughs> I don't get a choice. We are all dying. Yeah. Fun fact. It's just a okay. matter of time. Let me clarify. I'd rather not be murdered. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> is that better? <laughs> Holler. yeah. <laughs> He added a few days later, like like I said, in a story that I find weirdly detailed. Because one mm. of those things where it's like, mm, you know when somebody's telling you a bullshit story, you know it's bullshit because they, they're, they're telling you too much. Yeah. That's what it feels like to me. Yeah, I have a kid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. 
<laughs> exactly. Um, I, have a, I have a preteen. Yeah. He said the orange van pulled up with Willoughby and Reed inside, and they offered him some weed while he was playing frisbee outside of a Dairy Queen. For whatever weird-ass reason, Pruitt thought it would be wise to get into the fucking van. God damn it, they would have got me in the van, too. Shit. <laughs> if they'd have had ice cream and we, we are going in the van. <laughs> you I got may me. or may not have watched these guys kidnap people, but... I'm getting in with them. Hey, guys! <laughs> <laughs> we need ice cream. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. I am... Where are we going? <laughs> Inside the van was also a woman named Mary Ann Higginbotham, who was very high already and was the girlfriend of Willoughby. Of course, once he was high, Willoughby and Reed began asking Pruitt about what he saw that night. He told them he didn't see anything. They were driving around during this time, and Mary Ann began to mutter that the men in the front seat committed murders and were going to kill them if they ever told anybody. The group ended up driving down a road that's known as the Devil's Backbone, and it's apparently pretty isolated, pretty quiet road. Um, you don't get a nickname, right? Unless you're pretty fucked up. Exactly, yeah. And then they stopped and everybody got out. At this point, Pruitt says that Marianne looked at him and told him to run because Reed and Willoughby planned to kill him. Pruitt didn't wait to confirm her story and ran, jumping into a nearby creek and swimming to safety. Pruitt claims as he was jumping into the creek, he heard gunshots behind him. Good job, man. Don't yeah. wait for second words. You just rat, run, rabbit, run. <laughs> <laughs> and what became of this information? Well, nothing. Not long after Willoughby disappeared, the police, for some reason, believe he's dead. Although we couldn't find anything completely solid as to why they believe this. However, a body has never been found. His girlfriend, whoever, however, who warned Pruitt, her body was recovered later, stuffed into a barrel in 1979. Oh, yeah. There yeah. There you go. And I looked this up on um, indiana.gov, which I've looked up on a lot of times because it turns out they have all the missing cases yeah. in Indiana listed on there. Okay. So, or unsolved cases, I should say. So, I've visited there a few times. So. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I'm on somebody's list somewhere. I'm probably. <laughs> Anyway, so this is what um, they have on their uh, website. I got everything, so I'm not going to read all of it. I'm not going to read the case number and everything like that. Anyway, uh, Marianne was born 6-5 of 1979. Uh, she was 22 when she died. And I saw her picture. She's a very pretty girl. So it's very, you know, I mean, it's always sad no matter what. But I don't know. It's just she was so young. Right. You know. Anyway, the location she was found at White Lick Creek at the end of Sycamore Lane in Mooresville. And this is um, what they said about the case or the circumstances. Marion Higginbottom disappeared 6-6 uh, of 1978. On 6-05 the bo- of 1979, the body of Marianne Higginbottom was found in a 55-gallon drum at White Lick Creek in, uh, Lick Creek in Mooresville. The victim had been shot in the back of the head. Yeah. Sounds familiar? Yeah, as I say, we got a pattern here, don't we? Police believe Marianne was murdered in her home in Clayton and then put in the barrel, which was placed at White Lick Creek. Her boyfriend, Tim Willoughby, also went missing at the same time. Willoughby's body has never been found, but police believe he died the same day as Marianne. So, that got me curious. Because that still doesn't explain why they thought he wasn't involved right like why he yeah no no you don't get i mean you you might get just killed for knowing because i mean that that is the secret to getting away with murder is like only you can know yeah 
Well, as uh, Ben Franklin said, two can keep a secret if one is dead. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and so, if you've already killed four kids at a fucking burger shop over 500 bucks or whatever, like, you're too... What else are you going to do? You're too, you know, of questionable means friends aren't shit to you. Yep. Just off them. Ugh, fucking A. Yeah. So I did some more digging and I found another website called thecharlieproject.org. And they said this about Willoughby's disappearance and Marianne's murder. Details of disappearance. Willoughby was last seen in Clayton, Indiana on June 6th of 1978. His live-in girlfriend of two years, 22-year-old Mary Higginbottom, was a waitress, disappeared at the same time he did. They lived in Rural Route 3 in Clayton. A photo of Higginbottom was posted in the case summary. Her family wasn't concerned when she dropped out of sight, and no one ever filed a missing person report for her. On June 4th of 1979, almost a year to the day later after she disappeared, her skeletal remains were found welded inside a 55-gallon drum in White Lick Creek at the end of Sycamore Lane in Mooresville, Indiana, about a dozen miles from her home. She was fully clothed and had been shot in the head with a small caliber gun execution style. There was no sign of Willoughby, however, and he was never lo- and he's never been located. Authorities initially believed Willoughby had killed Higginbottom, but they could find no evidence to support this theory, and the couple wasn't having problems in their relationship. He was never charged in her death, and no warrants were issued for his arrest. In 1982, an anonymous informant told police both of them had been murdered on the day they disappeared, and two people they knew, Ronald C. Tamask and James L. Kellum, Willoughby was supposedly shot in the head and Higginbottom about a mile from his home, and his body was put in a barrel as hers had been. The alleged motive for the murders was to keep the couple from telling police about Kellum and Tompkins' roles in an auto theft ring. Investigators don't believe Higginbotham was involved in any of the crimes, but shortly before this disappearance, Willoughby had been arrested and attempted for attempted auto theft and arson of a stolen vehicle. Based on witness information, Tomic and Cullum's arrest for the murders, but both of them were later released and charged, uh, and the charges against them were dropped for lack of evidence. Investigators were still hoping to recover Willoughby's body and solve the disappearance and Higabottom's murder. Foul play is suspected in his disappearance due to the circumstances involved, which I kind of feel like no shit, Sherlock, you know? So again, so why is, with all this information, has nothing been done? Well, because Pruitt isn't considered a reliable witness. His story has changed multiple times throughout the years to both police and documentary filmmakers. Sometimes he claims not to have seen the four victims at all getting into the van, and once he claimed in a story that the story at the Devil's Backbone had never happened. Pruitt claims the police kept hassling him, trying to extract information, so he finally just made something up to make him leave him alone. Uh, I mean, sounds like the most credible thing he's said so far. Maybe mm-hmm. is, I mean, it feels like there's definitely some elements of truth to what he was saying, being as, like, mm-hmm. old chick turned up and drum with a bullet to the back of the head. And- yeah. Some things he said matched up, but... Yeah. But it's important to note, I, I couldn't find anything on Reed. I don't know what happened to Reed. Okay. Just so... End of the night, huh? Hmm? Huh? Well, if you, if you make it out of a live... Out, of, out alive of a situation of people... Yeah. Like now, it's not to say there wrong. isn't something out there. I just didn't find it. Fair enough. So, Maybe. take that with a grain of salt, folks. I... I couldn't find anything it doesn't mean it doesn't exist just that i'm bad at research sometimes so. that's right you didn't do all your homework cool story <laughs> yeah right exactly 
<laughs> it's all right. I never did mine either. Got like again. There's so much to this. I I already I already felt like I was going down a rabbit hole again. Yeah. Like with their with her murder and, and things like that. It's not related to the Burger Chef murders, really. Well, maybe, but indirectly, kind of thing. So yeah. Well, one of these cases where it it doesn't have a conclusion, right? Yeah. It did like the conclusion is ta-da, nothing. Like so. Exploring the tangentials is often all you can do or speculate or the conspiracy. Like, yeah. I, at this point, I'm willing to say that, like, just as many theories are out there, like, they were abducted by aliens. This is what happened. Yeah. All right? They came down. Now, the one thing, though, that I consistently come up in theories, it, mm. it always comes up to drugs. Just about every single time. And every theory and every speculation, because there was even at one point in time, this particular Burger Chef restaurant was being investigated as part of a drug ring. Okay. That had been, but the drug ring had been shut down. I think, um, in one of the articles they so said they like a, a year before I, the murders. Okay, so the the term of drug ring, it that implies like the the entire. I bet you what there was a person in the the drive through window who was getting. <laughs> You know, nickels and dimes or whatever, mm-hmm. and was like, "Oh, you want the number four twenty? Mm-hmm. All right, extra extra sauce with that. Cool. Yeah. And was taking the mud to come through, get a fucking burger McShake or whatever they had there in a bag. Mm-hmm. Drug rig. <laughs> Fourteen yeah. year old kid who would like a new pair of shoes, please." <laughs> <laughs> And the yeah. non-slip kinds, we stop slipping after Becky yeah. doesn't squeegee the mop right. Fuck. Okay, this is going to sound incredibly shallow, but it, it reminds me of something. I was talking to one of my clients about this case, because she's yeah. also a true crime fan. And right. we were, she was asking what I was doing, you know, next time, and we were talking about this. Yeah. And I brought up, I'm like, you know, I just thought of something, and she's like, what? And I'm like, they all died in their... Fast food uniforms. Oh, fuck yeah. No, is that the way? I want to go smelling like fries. Exactly. Like, that is not the way you want to go. And then if if Hollywood has taught us anything, it's that your ghost comes back in the clothes you die in. Yeah. I'm, I'm wearing Burger Chef uniform for the eternity. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Like, so... No, this yeah. made me think of, aren't you glad that the worst thing that happened to you... Working fast food was a guy porky picking it through the drive thru. Yes, the dick. I don't know if I've told this story. I might have. All pantsless in the drive thru, all porky pig style. Uh Just the even, even, that's all, folks. Yeah. I just remember being so mad that that was like my first direct dick that I'd seen. Ah! That's the first real one that was like, God damn it. I was like, really? You don't get get a second first impression, right? Yeah. (laughs) Your first impression of a penis was this fuck. (laughs) <laughs> I was so mad about I never, that. I never thought about that aspect of it. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> how do you get back on track after that? I don't know. I'm trying to think of how I'm going to do this. I'm like, Segway go! I don't even think I'm going to edit this out because it's too funny at this point. <laughs> This is fucking great. Watch me get tripped up, everybody. Watch me get tripped up. <laughs> that's what I'm here for. That's why, that's why they had me second. That's why they had me second. Me. Somebody had to come in and fuck some shit well, up. Well, you know. <laughs> <clears throat>
Oh, God. That is kind of a funny thing, though, about, like, patterns and siblings. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I, I sent you that one. Mm-hmm. Like, they have this, like, we turn into a mad dictator. <laughs> Speaking of dictators. Uh-oh. Oh, yeah. Your stickers? I fucking love them. <laughs> Buy the stickers, folks. Buy the fucking stickers. I uh, love it. I, I'm actually... I only bring it up because I'm thinking about making some for the podcast, too, if anybody's interested. Um, specifically, I do want to make one of uh, I Swear to Drunk I'm Not God, because I say that a lot here. You've said that so, since, yeah. Yeah, but I made a bunch of dick stickers, because, you know, which cracks me up especially because i keep thinking about like all the time and money that our parents spent investing in my art and i use it to make stickers of and cartoon dicks but here's exactly <laughs> here's exactly what our dad will ask can you make money off them yeah <laughs> fucking draw more dicks exactly <laughs> and i have so if you if you can market them fuck it draw dicks yeah like, so for those who don't know, um, hey, you're taking the power away from the patriarchy when right? you're making the one making the money off penis. I I've been accused of having a, an obsession with dicks. I don't. I just find them hilarious. Okay. <laughs> I think they're the most hilarious genitalia. They're just. So I drew a bunch of cartoon dicks. I posted them on my personal Facebook page. And a lot of my friends and family were like, make those into stickers. Those are hilarious. So I did. And then I started selling them at work and they've been a hit. So. Ta-da! Yeah. So, um, okay. So tell me if this isn't like hilarious, but I'm trying to get my boss to let me market them under the term sticky dicks. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. I thought that was hilarious, and he's and I'm like, I don't know if he'll think it's too far. <laughs> okay, okay. Nobody steal that. <laughs> TM, TM. <laughs> Tell 30 people who listen. <laughs> None of you take my shit. <laughs> it's an idea for mine and for always. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I thought that was funny. So, Ta-da. Uh, okay. We need to get back on track. <laughs> now back to the Burger Chef murders. If this doesn't just show that we both have ADD, I don't know what uh, Yeah. Yeah. And my coffee's cold, so I am not... Uh, I don't feel like the sharpest tool in the shed right now. Fair. Mom and Dad, we went out for lunch, and I ate till I was dumb stuffed. I came mm. home, napped, woke up, was like, I got somewhere to be, oh shit. Oh God. <laughs> You were here, like, relatively on time, so... Yeah, well, I mean, compared to last time, where I I beat you here last time. Yeah, yeah, I was late last time. Which is generally my modus operandi, but... Yeah. Yeah. And I was actually early today, and you were late, so that's, yeah. I know, yeah. Reversal. It's weird. I had the itis, man. I had the itis. (laughs) It put me down. That's real. It's so real. Ugh. Yeah. I get so tired after I eat. I have to make myself stay awake after we have dinner because my my first instinct is to go lay down and go to sleep and I know it's like the worst thing for your digestive system. Nah. So I have to make myself do something. I like taking the dog for a walk nowadays. Like, yeah. I love the... Yeah, I've got a animal that has the energy of seven dogs and mm-hmm. it's great because it's motivating. It Bringing yeah. that kind of... If, if you're... 
if if you are um if that's if that's the way you want to go with it to to, mm-hmm. to to have that animal around it really is a motivator to just be moving because i can't look at him and be like you're vibrating with energy yeah. and i can't just tell you to go lay down we're gonna go outside we're gonna run around we're gonna go ahead and do a long walk we're gonna grab the chew toy thing do some tug of war maybe that's why i chose a lazy dog <laughs> my uh he acts like a cat sometimes he? he chases lasers no um when he gets all anxious or whatever he perches on the back of furniture mm-hmm. like just like a cat it's he is a, a very cat-like dog in some aspects it's, it's hilarious. Fucking hilarious oh god so Lacey isn't she's she gets hyper sometimes she gets like the midnight zoomies okay where yeah, she's yeah. got to run through the house which is hilarious because mm-hmm. she always forgets linoleum exists yeah so she goes sliding inevitably across the kitchen floor abba has perfected the slide he, has he he okay so especially with the laser we like yeah. running around the kitchen on the tile with the laser and yeah. he put he puts his front paws out like a ski and then pushes with his back feet and he's got a oh he God, has that's a impressive. Ski, he goes skidding in every morning when you let him out of his crate or, or to be fair if you just let him out of a room because he sleeps on our bed 90 percent of the time uh-huh. wherever you let him out of he goes bolts to the front door and when he gets there there's that short patch of tile before the front door mm-hmm. and he goes <laughs> and skids to a stop right before the door yeah every morning like he just is the skidness he's yeah. tokyo drift in a dog okay so this is something else <laughs> I that i'm randomly bringing up too we're well established as nerds. Yeah. Yeah, so your yeah. dog is named after Appa from uh, yeah, Charlie Last Airbender. Airbender. Yep. My dog Lace is named after Lace Harding, a character from the Dragon Age games. Yep. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, not only is my dog named after Appa from Avatar The Last Airbender, but if you say yip yip, with generally with a cookie in your hand, he will jump into the air. That's he will jump onto whatever you tell him to jump adorable. onto. Adorable. I love it, that he, so much. He takes off when you say yip yip. Oh like if you God. want him up on the bed, up a yip yip. And he jumps up on the bed. That is so it, cute. It was the best thing we taught him. It was <sighs> after we after after the name because we were on our way to get him. Yeah. And we were trying to figure out a name. Mm-hmm. And literally 15 minutes after we had established that as the name, we were like, "We're gonna teach him a trick with yip yip." Yeah. <laughs> I think you have to. I, d- I, think I don't. You're obligated don't. at that point. <laughs> uh, so I want another one that mm-hmm. to name Oogie, which is, um, Tenzin's. Air yeah. Bison from Korra. I remember. So you yeah. have Appa and Oogie. Um, Amanda wants one to name Janora mm-hmm. with Tenzin's daughter. So no. there's an argument on the next one. We'll have a nerd off. It will be Jeopardy style. Uh, what to is the it? Death. No, no blueberry muffin head or cupcake head or whatever the one was. Yeah. <laughs> but we are going to figure it out one way or the other. Battle Royale to the finish. I love it. I love it so much. All right, back on topic. We're gonna focus, right? <clears throat> Burger Chef murders, right? Burger Sorry, murders. back to the horrible, gruesome, I, I, terrible murders. Look, dude, I, I'm not mad. <laughs> we took a uh, emotional detour yeah. to lighten it up because the the ineptitude and the just the constant letdown that is this story. Like, I know. oh, these kids were murdered. An incredibly low bar to start at. And here's how the adults failed them. Promising young people yeah. that were working and trying to do something and then they were failed by the adults and the justice system and and then the ineptitude stretches out to other people's criminal lives and... Yeah. Yep. 
So, um, All right, back into the shit. Let me get my boots on. <laughs> there we go. <sighs> yeah, well, it doesn't get any better, unfortunately. That's so, why, well, if we're going to yeah, wade deeper, back, I guess. Back into that shit. So, the next lead came in 1984 with a man named Donald Forrester, an inmate housed in the Pendleton Correction Facility. Called He called uh, Detective Mel Wisley, or Wilsley, sorry, I'm terrible with names as we've already established, of the Marion County Sheriff's Department. He claimed to have been involved in the murders and said he would confess if they stopped him from being transferred to another facility, which is apparently much more violent. So, a little backstory on Forrester. He was currently serving a 95-year sentence for the abduction and rape of a woman. While he was awaiting sentencing, he abducted another woman who managed to escape from him by jumping out of a moving vehicle. Oh, holy shit. Yeah. Yeah, and she told cops later that she was certain he was going to kill her. <laughs> so, hey, man, look. Yeah. She lived, though. Like She lived, yeah. Uh, hey, look, I would rather have bumps, scrapes, bruises, and broken shit than death. Exactly. That's, that's that moment. Uh-huh. So, he was a career criminal who, at the time, lived in uh, Speedway, Indiana, during the time of the murders, so... Well, that's the advice they give you, right? They don't, no matter who you are, you get abducted, never let them take you to a second place. Yeah, never go to the fight secondary to, location. Fight to the death. Mm-hmm. Never go to the second location. Fight to the death right there. John Mulaney's secondary location. Oh, boy. Did you ever see that? Nope. Nope, I haven't. Okay, if you haven't, you have to. He's got a great bit on his... Um, his show Kid Gorgeous, where he talks about going to assembly and how they had a detective who was like a cartoon character uh-huh. came in and would tell them about child murder because that's oh, what he was a specialist in. Fucking sweet. <laughs> it was hilarious. <laughs> the whole bit is freaking dark and hilarious, and I uh, love it. So I really am behind on some of my stand up. I'll have to catch up. I love John Mulaney anyway. We've talked about him before I on the know. show. I'm, I love him so much. So. I know. Yeah. So it seemed uh, like a promising lead anyway. Okay. Going back to the story randomly. Yep. and <laughs> here we, go here. we don't believe in segues here. So <laughs> um, Forrester claimed that Jane's brother, James, did indeed owe money to dealers. In fact, his claim was that James owed him. So he had an accomp- him and an accomplice went to the restaurant to extort money from Jane. He claimed, however, that she refused and it turned into a violent altercation and that a male co-worker had tried to step in and try to protect her. This young man hit his head during the altercation. Forrester claimed they thought the young man initially was dead, so they rounded everybody up and took them to the woods to silence them. He even knew details of the case that police had never made public, such as the knife handle of the knife uh, that was used to stab Jane breaking off. Mm. The police, yeah, spe- That's real specifically close to it, yeah. never put anything out in the public about that detail. So how close, is, is this guy at all close to, to Pruitt then? Did, they had, are they connected in any there way? There was never mention of any connection. Okay. Not to say there isn't one, but there just hasn't been established right. one. Right, fair enough. So, fair enough. He even went with the police to the site of the murderers and described things. It got even more interesting, however, when they spoke to his wife. She claimed she actually drove him out to the site of the murders around that time. While he was there, he collected shell casings. When the couple got home, Forrester flushed them down the toilet. When the cops searched his septic tank, they did indeed find shell casings. Oh, shit. Now that's... 
that's a ringer there. Like it, there, you have some physical evidence. It's not just Pruitt because Pruitt, all Pruitt shit was like, here's some circumstantial stuff. Yeah, here's and my a, story. Yeah, here's a story and a chick and a and a. Or sorry, I shouldn't say chick. I don't want to disrespect the dead lady, mm-hmm. despite whatever. Like. There is this lady who died and it's stuffed in this barrel. Here, mm-hmm. so he gave him a dead body and then tied a. I have more. I have more to think than the Pruitt was just trying to cover his ass on maybe being involved in her and the other guy's murder, mm-hmm. than and then tying it to these yeah. four kids. So that's what I thought too. Is that the maybe he, the reason he used those names is because he was somehow involved with. And that he was incident. literally just trying to tie to what was hot and popular, and they wanted clothes at the time, yeah. so they bid on his information. There was even some speculation around town at the time that the murders were somehow connected to the bombings. From what I understand, that's been wildly disproven. You know, it's not right. a right. thing. But it was another story going around at the time. Like, it's people keep shit. trying to tie this case into other things. Okay. And I think because it does feel so senseless. Well, it, the, and you know. there's no conclusion, so you have to either draw your own or yeah. not not require that in your thinking. You yeah. know what I mean? But another factor, too, was Forrester's cousin and someone he claimed helped him with the murders lived across the street from the Burger Chef restaurant. It, don't you always, like, ask around when shit like that happens? Proximity is everything? Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah. So now this all sounds very promising, right? Well, it turns out the police botched it again. You see, Forrester... <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, they did, yeah. Okay, here we go. Play you see, Forrester was willing to name names as long as the police kept this on the down low during the initial... Well, you know, where they were gathering everything and kept him safe. However, someone within the department leaked the story to the press prematurely. And the press went wild with the news that these unsolved murders might finally be solved. This cock-up, of course, calls Forrester, caused Forrester to then retract his confession. Okay. He later said he would help if he was granted immunity for the murders and was sticking to a new version of the story that he wasn't involved. However, a newspaper from around that time claimed that the immunity was conditional. If they could prove he had anything to do with the murders, he would lose immunity. Still, all of this amounted to nothing. They still didn't have enough evidence to make it stick, especially without the gun or the objects used to be um, Mark Fleming's to death or the handle of the knife. Yep, you need the chain or Mm -hmm. suspect the other object, and then you need the knife handle, and you need the firearm matching. So, later on, Did they recover bullets or just casings from the bodies, rather? They they would have only caught the bullets from the bodies, the casings from where they found them in the septic, but... Yeah, that I don't know. Well, my guess I is... I do if, know that they they did put the knife blade itself that was in Jane's chest. They did, several years later, put that out in the news yeah. to see if anybody recognized it. Well, so... And that's the thing. Like, it's dependent. Like, you said a thirty-eight. they suspect a thirty-eight caliber handgun was mm-hmm. used to execute the first two. Mm-hmm. And that they ran out of bullets mm-hmm. on the first two. That's... From what that's what I think. I don't know. That's what I speculate. Okay, just okay, because okay. if you have a weapon, like no, a gun, but only in passion. You're only going to discharge it off all of it. You're only going to dump it into two people because that's six shots. Sorry, that's that's six shots, and it happens. You only go. You only empty that thing in passion, in fear, in a moment of rage, something. Mm-hmm. If you've abducted four people, you are. It, Definitely in control of the situation. Mm-hmm. 
you there's no at that point you literally have nothing to fear mm -hmm. so using more than the executionary rounds on somebody doesn't really make sense mm -hmm. but my biggest gripe with it is if it was a 38 mm -hmm. unless they had some kind of hollow point in it which that early in the 70s I, I don't really see it. I just see a standard ball, full metal jacket, 38. That's going through and through. At a close right point blank range, that's through and through. Especially mm -hmm. something like gray matter. It's that's your skull. That's and then it, it's gonna if it's execution style, it's back of the head. It's cranium, gray matter, and then your facial cavity, which is so much airier than the back of your head. So it's gonna go in and out. Mm -hmm. Twenty two caliber handgun would be even smaller, would just ricochet around. It won't. It has the entrance velocity, but it will never have the exit velocity to leave said area. Okay. So if the bullets went through and through, if they did it at least at the around the burger chef in the parking lot maybe or in a vehicle the through and through means something caught it oh they were they were killed in the woods okay so they were killed in the woods yeah they do know that for certain that they were killed so in they're the woods. okay so, so i mean they there's definitely a chance they could have retrieved the bullet had they traced yeah. the path they or... weren't dumped they they died where they okay, yeah, okay. where they found them okay so they found them on their knees slumped over basically yeah mm. That means that, but and that that right there, like even lends credence to the it wasn't passion. You're not just gonna leave them slumped over there if you had it been that you know you're not gonna dump the entire revolver into them, mm -hmm. and then and then just leave their bodies unmutilated or untouched after that. Mm -hmm. You're still going to take out the rest of that emotion. So the fact that they were just put down. Mm -hmm. and discarded it literally forgot about the moment after death they weren't touched there was nothing or at least that we know of i should say mm -hmm. it i don't see any passion there i i see quick clean two shots to the head with a revolver that's a that's a that's a utilitarian weapon it, mm -hmm. it, it doesn't jam the worst thing that can happen is a round can dud on you but other than that you just keep squeezing the trigger and eventually it will keep firing mm -hmm. so it's a utilitarian thing it's i i I don't know enough about weapons, so... I, well, I, I do, and that's, that's what makes me think if if, if you are concerned about a, a weapon malfunctioning... So, uh, okay, so, like, um, a striker fire gun or a slide, a, a semi-automatic handgun, mm -hmm. you've seen that they, they operate with a slide on top. Mm -hmm. If that slide is a millimeter out of battery, the mm -hmm. gun won't fire. So you can't push it into somebody's chest and shoot the gun because if it, the slide is back even just a little bit, it won't fire, which is why you're best bet is if you're close enough to, is to get the slide back even a little bit because they can't squeeze the trigger if you do that okay. <laughs> um but safety tips from tom dun, dun, I, dun. don't take that as a safety <laughs> tip if, it, honestly if there's a gun go the other way as fast as you can cover and concealment find something survival that, tips yeah <laughs> okay we'll, uh, we'll never, amend it to survival ne tips <laughs> never but, but if it's but if it's in your face if it's if it's there mm. just know that you can like it's if, mm. if you can depress that slide even a little bit, it makes... So anyways, a person who <laughs> who is trying to have as few variables in their murder as possible is going to use something like a, a revolver because mm. it is... There's no action to it. It's literally the trigger. You squeeze the trigger. It rotates the cylinder while pulling back the hammer, reaching a certain mm -hmm. point. It breaks the, tr the hammer, so firing pin, is this, round goes off. To you, then, does this seem premeditated? Yes, actually, because that 
I to me it seems like they were targeting somebody or something mm-hmm. in those four people. Somebody or something about those four people. Mm-hmm. I think the first two, the two that were shot execution style and discarded. Mm-hmm. There no beef with them. The other guy, that's torture what they did to him. That's mm-hmm. that is passion. Mm-hmm. That's anger. That's he did so he either tried to defend himself or them in that moment or their beef was directly with him, which mm-hmm. is why he was broken. Mm-hmm. Those other two people didn't See, mean shit. The speculation shit. too is that there like, was no investment in them. They invested, yeah, time into well, being. Well, Jane, that guy. it would make sense if this was about her brother. Okay, for them to stab her particularly in this yeah. brutal fashion. Um, but you remember too that they think Mark tried to run. Yeah, which which his body was found further away from everybody. Well, fair enough. Well, so and, and well, okay. The so only other factor that I can time. think of is that it, if it he, was like somehow um, the other three were dead, he mm-hmm. took off. They had, they had to go chase him down, mm-hmm. which then made them mad, mm-hmm. which then would cause them to take out a more mm-hmm. violent, chaotic type of yeah. aggression on him. The only other thing like that I could think of too is that I mean, if there was any kind of bias in it or any kind of it was racially motivated. Made, Motivated. motivated he was the only black victim oh. he was also a jehovah's witness which i don't know if somebody and he got the worst things. of the beating yeah uh, you can't it's... you can't rule out the, that it might have played a factor especially not sure. in the 70s during everything that was going on socially <sighs> yeah so it's, it's yeah. not for sure of course there's well but that's the thing it's but like it's it would be another it would be another brutal factor in it but mm-hmm. to be fair it was the only one that had any emotional... Inv- okay, outside of the, the, Jane. the being yeah. stabbed twice in the chest. Mm-hmm. Which is you looking at the person while you're committing the act. Being stabbed hard enough, too, that the handle broke off. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, she may have been the tar- target of the passion. She may have been the tar- the victim, the target mm-hmm. victim. The, the most intended victim. The other people may have been incidental just like I said, the first two being discarded the way that they were was is the biggest tell for me that it was definitely not a it, it, not about them. Then them being dead and the 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 either somebody because it doesn't sound like it was an alone thing either. Mm-hmm. You, it's really hard to take four people like yeah. two. You know, maybe if it's a you know you got two and and you can but because mm-hmm. you got a front and back and a backup. You know, yeah, maybe, but. There's no way that, especially for young kids, who kids are chaotic, kids are random, like, mm-hmm. the guy running, and my guess is, the guy fought back. My guess is, the guy fought back and got 16. something in. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A strapping young lad, working, motivated, he probably fought back, which is what triggered the brutal beating that he received. No. Eventually dying from. Ugh. Maybe. I, I want to think that that's what it is. That, that he it, died fighting. Yeah, I think that's we all want to see that in ourselves too. We, if we have to go out, that we're gonna go out with a fight. Oh well, you know me. I would I would rather die on my feet than ever live on my knees. I'm not. I'm. A, I, I serve me. I'm my own master. That's it. I don't. I mean, I you know we never really know <coughs> we're in the moment. Like, so if we I don't ever want to be in that moment, but you know how we would handle or what we would do. But I I always thought like for me personally in that scenario, I would assume that they had no intention of keeping me alive. So I would make it as hard for them as I possibly could. Oh yeah. 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 Yep. I'm going to be screaming. I'm going to be throwing fits. I'm because I'm not worried about, you know, 
Self self preservation yeah. being the ultimate goal. It's it's like a lizard being able to pull off its own tail. Yeah. Like I can lose a lot of things just to live to see tomorrow. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I feel you. So again, if I break a hand punching somebody, I will punch them with a stump. Yeah. Like I, I will. I will maul this. I'll I maul it to the end. I don't care. ever want to find out first. No. I. But well, you know, because you, you think about this shit though, I don't, especially when you like dive into cases like this. And I, I, I've ever since having a chaotic youth, and mm-hmm. and, and then that or the early adulthood of near homelessness. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, sketchy people and situations, mm-hmm. and and coming out lucky in a lot of places. I really realized that, like, the situations you put yourself in, you can... It doesn't get, make you bulletproof, but it can give you a statistical advantage for not dying and or being harmed in certain ways. Like, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, avoiding drama in relationships or whatever. Like, it's mm-hmm. the same concept. I, there are consequences for certain behaviors that I see in other people that I'm like, I don't... I'm not <laughs> I'm not going down that road yeah. with you. I'm not. I'm not getting in that car. Or I'm not... Performing that action or whatever it is, mm-hmm. yeah, and I've, I've been in a few situations that it's just like I, ooh, the choices you made there, homie. Yeah, yeah, but <sighs> yeah, and in, in this whole case though, it was like it was remarked again and again, like these were good kids. They yeah. were hardworking kids. They were trying which is, to make something like which is of why their lives. Mean, right? it doesn't make you bulletproof. Like random no. happens to random. Yeah. But, but it also makes me think that maybe one person, you know, it's not a stretch to say that maybe one of those four people had some tie somewhere to something. Well, we know for sure Jane did right with her brother, but again, through nothing Jane could control. Yeah, yeah, and that it, and and that is the unfortunate consequence of his action, right? Is involving mm-hmm. or not so much involving, but being involved in them. Yeah, potentially. Yeah. Again, there's no solid evidence linking anything uh, he did to yeah, her right. death, and it's it's all speculation. again, it's all speculation. It's horrible, awful speculation. But like, but that's but that is the human brain trying to understand something like that. that. We can't understand. We are built for problem solving, yeah, and, and speculation, and, and we are built to make sense of things. And when our mm-hmm. brains can't make sense of things, you can, you can yeah. get really weird. And, and that argument's been used too so much to kind of explain like people's fascination with true crime. Oh, UFOs, Bigfoot, and it, that yeah. we have this inherent need to observe darkness. And true crime is a way to do it from a distance. Yeah. You know? Okay. Yeah. So you can observe the darkness in humanity without actually being involved one like way that. or another. It's like that Nightcrawler movie with Jake Gyllenhaal. I've never seen it. He's like a paparazzo who you know films tragedy all the time and ends up like being the one causing the tragedy at the oh. end. Yeah. yeah. It's a, it's a, it's okay. a, it was a really big movie. <laughs> When it came out, it was, it was okay. It was good. I'm not much I should thrillers. see, but haven't. Yeah, well, and I'm not. It was suggested okay. to me by a friend, and I ended up kind of watching it one night alone with a joint and some popcorn. It was pretty great. Okay. I just have this horrible habit of like, I have a long list of movies that I should see, but I haven't, mm-hmm. you know? Or movies that are like classics and things like that, but I've, I've heard all the film theories and then, you know. I heard everybody, like, dissect these movies to death, but I've never actually seen them. Uh-huh. Like, Citizen Kane is a great example of that. Yeah. I've watched so much, like, 
like film critiques or, or breakdowns or you know on all of and all of it i don't feel the need to watch it at this point because it i don't know that it holds anything for me anymore you know other than like some of the camera angles and some of the brilliant blocking and things like that that the director mm-hmm. did you know the visuals how, but how would you how would you feel if somebody made judgment on your art seeing only bits and pieces of it yeah, I mean that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. I'm I'm not trying to but jam you with it. I'm I not guess like aha, got you. It just but means like it's not saying that I'll never see it. It's just saying I don't feel an urgency. I have never to see been, it, if that makes sense. I have never been a person who enjoys classics and I don't I can't even call myself like a, movies are okay. I watch mm-hmm. them for a very specific purpose. I like to laugh. Mm-hmm. Some superheroes go boom. Mm-hmm. It's I'm not much for film it's just, mm-hmm. i don't know a lot of people are so it's weird to, to say it feels guilty mm-hmm. feels guilty i guess but yeah. so i will never probably see a lot of I, the, all the classics i've seen are incidental like mm-hmm. somebody else was watching them i was there right place right time whatever you want so i, I kind of mm-hmm. feel you on that but mm-hmm. at the same time the, the ones i have watched or do watch i kind of watch obsessively mm-hmm. so. Yeah, I will say when I when I do find something that I really like, I do tend to watch it repeatedly, and yeah, I just don't stretch very far out of those. I don't either. Like once in a while, I will. Yeah, somebody will recommend something and say, you know, you you really really need to see this, and if I put it off and I don't watch it, and they keep coming back to me and they say, fucking watch it, and then I will eventually because I'm like, okay, if they felt strong enough about it that they bothered me multiple times, you want to talk to me about it? I get it. All right. Okay. Yeah. You know, but tell me that instead. Tell me, hey. I want to talk to you about this film. Go fucking watch it so we can talk about yeah. it. That is more likely to get me to watch it than say you should watch this. I don't like yeah. being told what to do. Yes, you must burden me with the responsibility of conversation before exactly. I will act. I will have a conversation with someone. I love conversation, but... You don't say. <laughs> right? I have a whole... Where I converse with strangers in a very one-sided way. True, true. But only so my husband doesn't have to hear me listen to this or talk about this bullshit to him anymore. Yeah, I feel, dude, I've told you it's the same thing with doing amateur stand-up shit. Like, yeah. Amanda can't take the jokes anymore, dude. I gotta go tell them to other people. Yeah, exactly. Like, we gotta go bother other I can, folks. I can, I, can only get, I can only get the shit looks from her so many times where I'm like, but I'm, shh, ah, right, no, no. Right. Okay, I'll go fuck myself. Excuse me. <laughs> I'm going to go over here now. Sorry about that. Sorry I'm about like, that. I'm going to walk into a fire now. Excuse me. Bye. Yeah, um, oh, God. My son is like, I. he's, he likes, like, he's a, he's my storm cloud. Yeah. Because he's 16. So he's yeah. moody and Come on, Eeyore, let's go. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. He's like. Like a, a Bruce Wayne in training, you know, just, I want to sit in the corner and be dark. Well, and, good. When he know. gets to the billionaire part of that training, let me know. Right. And I will be Alfred. Right. I will be. Fair. I don't <laughs> want to play the role of Martha, so let's hey, not do that. Yeah, I say, don't start making compare. Don't wear no purple exactly. necklaces. Exactly. Uh-uh. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. Don't walk down anything called Crime Alley. <laughs> I or, think I can, yeah, we'll, we'll avoid that shit. Or go to a burger chef. Or go to a burger chef. <laughs> you know what's fucked up? Um, Are there any more open still? Am I talking about a lot of companies? Because I'm sorry. <laughs> if I just, please don't sue me. No, I don't know. I don't actually know if they're still a thing. Oh, shit. I do know that they were a chain that did start in Indy. Okay. So, they might still be a local thing. I don't know. I can Google that real quick, but... 
anyway, before this, uh, you know, because I've, I've been immersing myself pretty heavy in the story. I've been listening to other podcasts on it. I've been reading multiple articles on it, trying to, you know, learn as much as I could to do this. And I stopped by a fast food place before this, and I was getting my order from the young man on the other side of the window. And all I'm thinking is like, you know, this is just, this is a job, you know, that he's not expecting anything exciting mm-hmm. to happen to him that day beyond the He norm. might slip on some fried grease or something. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, much like these kids that night, they just, they were just expecting to go in and do That's, their shitty but job. But that is how every one of the, the, the random murders that happen probably mm-hmm. every day go down. Yeah. It is one person just walking around and then like like some fucking human predator, well, not even like, a human predator emerges mm-hmm. from the weeds and whacks you. Yeah. For and, and not even for some good biological reason like I had to eat and all's fair in the fucking, yeah. you know, uh, 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 in the wild, but like, no, you you were literally just killed to satiate not the the basic primal need of hunger, the weird need for violence or death in somebody else's mm-hmm. head or dominance. Dominance, right? Yeah. Fair enough. I guess I'm not attributing enough things to it that it could be, but it could be all kinds of weird stuff. I feel like in most cases it's multiple. You know, yeah, anyway, it can't be that. It's m- never. It's got to be multifaceted, right? That's yeah. a pretty dark act. To be that... It's literally... I mean, can you think of anything more antisocial, really? Than the act of murder? Eating people. Uh, Yeah. No offense to anyone here, but, like, cops kill people. Soldiers have killed people. Like, Mm -hmm. there are lines of duty. Uh, Fighters have killed people. Yes, but I'm talking about murder specifically. I'm not talking about... Fair enough, fair enough. Killing other people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But 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 that's what I'm saying. The death of one human to another Mm -hmm. is kind of... Is has happened literally all throughout history, right? Like yeah. we've been killing each other since people. Like even in biblical times, like Cain killed Abel, but that's what and I'm here saying. we all are. See, like, I think that's another reason why we're fascinated with it. You yeah. know, with murder, death, and things like that, because so much of what we need as human beings are, is predicated upon existing within a system of society. And when somebody does something that destroys. A piece of that society. Yeah. Apart, well, or kind of. that is so loudly defiant of it in a way that is so dangerous and awful. Yeah. You know? It, I think it's it's one of those things where it's like a train wreck. You just can't look away. Yeah. You know? It's, it's awful and terrible, but it's just so... Is stunning that, would that be an, in it would that, that be a correct example can't. of schadenfreude yeah. well no because schadenfreude you're taking delight oh fair enough fair enough okay. so yeah you're taking delight in someone's misfortune i don't okay. think anybody really likes this i, yeah. I think interest it's and a... like are two different things yeah i think that what i like about true crime i guess is how it connects me to other people i don't like hearing stories of human misery but i'm interested in it and yeah. i i like finding other people that share that interest Okay, so I, I get that. Mm-hmm. The only reason I could like true crime is it keeps the story alive. Mm-hmm. Whether I want to hear the story or yeah. not, which often I don't want to hear the story. It's it's, uh, it's terrible. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I tend to be a pretty bright person. I like to think. Mm-hmm. So like, 
but I'm, I'm, I'm very empathetic. I have very raw emotions. So like stuff like that weighs very heavily for me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And well, we've already stopped. We're both criers. We're oh, especially yeah. like fucking waterworks. We'll yeah. Stop telling people. God <laughs> damn it. They know, they can't. Yeah, but look, dude, it's been one time. They fucking know who I am. They could (laughs) have forgot, and then you're just like, we're gonna drive that home. I'll make sure they won't. (laughs) Fuck you. God damn it. I love you. (laughs) I know you do. That's what makes it worse. (laughs) Just, I love you. Twist the knife. Ah! Yeah, that goes back to that. To Daniel Sloss for me, the comedian that I like, where he says, that's what family is. You break each other down and you hurt each other, so you need each other more. <laughs> <laughs> and that's love. <laughs> well, it's, I, yeah, I've told my friends before, like, I am, I'm the type of person, I will say, I, I will say honest things to your face that could be considered mean, right? Mm-hmm. But I will say glorious, nice things behind your back about you. Yeah. Like, I will defend you when people start talk, talk, talking shit, but between me and you, mm-hmm. you're going to know. See, to me, and I expect to be held responsible, too. Like, I'm going to hold you responsible is, when you're a piece of shit, yep. and you better do the same to me. Exactly. But that's, that's <laughs> what a real friend is. It's somebody who'll talk shit to your face, but defend you behind your back. Ow. All you the know? time. That's when the, you're I don't not around. It any other way. If, if, if it's a person that's not vehemently defending you... Hmm? When you're not there. We have... That's not a friendship. To say that we have not always been on the most agreeable grounds is a fair statement, correct? Oh, very fair. The one thing I have never done Mm -hmm. is at all discourage your art or somebody from going to your art. I have given... Mm -hmm. I have been not talking to you actively and given your card to people because I still don't know anyone better. No. I mean, Thank you. <laughs> I could look around. It'd be easy, but... <laughs> I, was, I, I, I am not. There's a lot of very talented artists I know. Oh, humble it up. Whatever. It was a good joke. Um, <laughs> yes. Act hurt, damn it. I was aiming low. Um, <sighs> but but that was the thing. You know, I I would never... Like, whatever differences between me and you, you you have your, your credit where your credit is due. Thank you would always have that. No. Yeah. That makes sense. Never talk shit behind someone's back. Only to their face. (laughs) Well, that is the one thing I think we can say about each other. Anything we've ever said behind uh, each other's back, we've said it to each other's face. And louder. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I didn't even use the nice phrasing when I did it. Exactly. No. I know. But I think that's... I mean, A, siblings, it's going to happen. But B, we're both passionate, opinionated people. Yeah. You know? Oh, Yeah. So it's gonna, it's just gonna happen, you know, and you either accept that, deal with it, and roll with it as it comes, or you don't, you know, and we've chosen to just accept it, deal with yeah, it, roll, roll with it, it as, as it comes, comes. And <laughs> eventually we'll see each other again, we'll get high together, and then we'll be fine. <laughs> it, and it usually, and it does work out like that too, it's kind of weird, but yeah, no, I, it, dude, hey, look, dude, um, getting you to smoke at Christmas times and stuff is pretty fantastic, one of my favorite moments. Okay, yeah, but that's family, oh, so we need so, it to get it's through. so good, though. <laughs> I just like the one year we got, like, I got kids are, sloshed kids, in the uh, car. Drugs are bad. Don't do drugs. Yeah, please don't. <laughs> no, those left-handed cigarettes will ruin your life. <laughs> I still like devil's lettuce for some reason. Bad. I don't know why 
oh, that makes me giggle every time I hear it. I swear I'm an adult. Yeah, I yes. Yeah, she says having just confessed to drawing cartoon penises for a living. Hey, look, dude. <laughs> <laughs> if people want to buy your cartoon penises, sell your cartoon penises. Right. <laughs> you can't overthrow the patriarchy if you don't sell cartoon penises. Yeah, period. and. Nobody has looked at those stickers and not smiled. I love it. I thought they were fucking good. I showed Amanda. It was the first thing. She's like, okay. <laughs> but she smiled, didn't yeah. she? Yep. And a very, yeah, that's brought up. <laughs> yeah. I might have a couple of ideas. Email me. <laughs> oh, I'm I'll just show you some of the sketches. So. Hell yes. There's more to come. So. Gross. No pun intended. <laughs> it was accidental humor, okay? This is gross. <laughs> You should do a sticker now with the tagline, more to come. Like, no, you should do a family arrangement sticker. So, like, you've got your individual ones. You should do one sticker with a bunch of them on there, but smaller. Mm -hmm. Like, so you have, like, a lineup, like a Last Supper (laughs) of sticker penises. And then it's, like, more to come. (laughs) C-U-M. I only want 15% for that. Yeah. No, that's the t-shirt. Sticky dicks, that, more to come. Yeah, that's the t-shirt, bro. That's the t-shirt. <laughs> oh, Lord. This is so fucked up. Hey, look, dude. If we don't take these tangential breaks, this is like getting off of a shitty highway drive. Just really, stretch your legs yeah, and get I some know, gas. it is. And it, as we get into the second round of ineptitudes and idiotism, like, uh, yeah. idiots, idiots, idiots. I know. Well, there's nothing really more to add. Um, I, that was pretty much everything I had. Uh, the only other additional thing is that Forrester died in 2006. So. Okay. I and to this day, they're unsolved. I, and it never feels like they really had anything thing on anyone, specifically. Like, you have a handful of untrustworthy people, and I hate... That that's always the case because, like, with sex workers, it gets used against them when they report crimes, things like that. Like, yeah. instantly your word becomes less credible, and in some cases it's warranted, in some cases it's not, and it's mm-hmm. by a case basis. And it's, it's such a, people being the unreliable things that we are. Yeah. It's so hard to take anyone of, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, Pruitt doesn't sound like he was in it for anybody but himself, like he was trying to tie a mm. whoopsie crime thing he happened to be upon to some other shit. Uh. I think it's one of those things, too, that whenever anything like this happens, or at any time I think you experience like tragedy or something like this, or even just uh, conflict, the first instinct so often is to look back and overanalyze. Okay. You know, such as the case, like, with the guy who shaved his beard off. Maybe that was just coincidental. You know, it seems like, hey, that's... But, yeah, but that's what... suspicious. But that's called circumstantial, right? You know what I mean? Like, that's where it's, like, it's speculatory, and you can't have an absolute... And to be fair, justice system being as flawed as it fucking is, Mm -hmm. like... You can't introduce more flawed things into a already flawed system and expect a un a flawless outcome. Yeah, it just that's not how math works. <laughs> that's not how yeah, you know exactly. 
<sighs> I just I just stick by anything that involves humans is going to be fucked up. <laughs> unfortunately, yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, we we it seems like some of us do our best most of the time. How's that? Is that a fair mm-hmm. statement? Some of us do our best. Yeah, but most there's of the always going to be that one shithead kid in the back of the class that has us all in trouble because they can't get their shit right. Oh, dude, know? I'm a gun owner. Fucking tell me about it. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm I'm an ultra safe gun owner. I you you know that there to me there is there it begins and ends with safety on the range. Mm-hmm. And so to me the unsafe at you know when you hear they, somebody accidentally shot themselves or or, or you know. Mass shooting shit. I just mm-hmm. any time that that stuff happens, real gun owners, safe people who understand the commitment and the responsibility, mm-hmm. it is fucking soul crushing. And mm-hmm. I understand that at every angle. Like it hurts to, mm-hmm. to play to the lowest common denominator all the time. To be fair, though, there are the regulations in your industry for mm-hmm. those stem from the lowest common denominator. Oh yeah. Yeah, they 100% do. That's what all of our laws are. Mm. It is trying to prevent the lowest common denominator mm-hmm. from fucking shit up. Yeah, <sighs> and there's, um, even for, like, for, for us, it's that thing of, like, um, everybody talks about, like, bloodborne pathogens and, and things like that. You can look this up on the CDC website, but an overwhelming statistic mm-hmm. is that, I think, um... I would have to look it up to be 100% sure, but I think it's like between 80 to 90% in that range of bloodborne pathogens attained via tattoo happen from scratchers. Yeah, yeah. And for those of you who don't know, scratchers is a term for people who have no official training, who basically ordered a kit online and do it out of their basement, living room, or bathroom. Some random. Oh, I just threw up in my mouth a little bit thinking of that. Who the fuck gets a tattoo in a fucking bathroom and thinks that's a good idea? Uh-huh. I still don't understand that. Well, I don't understand that. I have that. two tattoos uh, that were originally placed on me while laying on well, someone's couch. It was there couch. for one of them, and you were very drunk, too. And then the, the yeah, these were touched up. Yeah, which is a huge up. no-no. These were touched up the second time whilst laying on my shitty futon. Uh-huh. And then that was great, because I like got up and looked like grilled chicken on my back, because the mattress was thin, so that was fun. Yeah. Uh and I, I've tried to fix them up, or one of them, but... It's fine. You don't you don't take tattoos very well, dear. I love you, but you don't. I, you gotta want them real bad, Thyrus. Yeah, and if it's not a motivator, if it's not something for you, you but know. I sat decently for this one. It was the better one I sat for, I think. But, like, even yeah, that... Yeah, yeah, you don't even know that your wasn't life, the worst. But... Or even that wasn't great. See, that's I'm point. not a sit-still person regardless, and if yeah. you start poking me with stuff, I tend not to. I get a little squirmy sometimes. You know what I would deal well with? I want to, I swear to God, I'm going to bring ratchet straps in the next time, and I'm just going to, like, strap down the limb mm. that you're working on. That way I can just do whatever the fuck I want over here. I have <laughs> I threatened a client once that I was going to saran wrap him to the table. Yeah, yeah. I, I like it's not the pain jokingly, that well, kind of jokingly because I really wanted to. He was driving me insane. It's the pain of anxiety in my brain that makes it hard not to move. Like it's yeah. not the pain of the tattoo. It's I don't sit still well anyway. Like I don't mm. I don't do long sessions of games. Right, like mm-hmm. it's about every fifteen to twenty minutes. I gotta stand up, go walk around, go outside, do something, walk mm-hmm. around. I literally have to do a lap or a couple laps. Mm-hmm. 
And then maybe I can sit back down and do it again. But, like, I'm not a marathon gamer. Yeah. I can't sit still for shit. Uh, see, no, I very much can't. I'm focused. I know you can't. I've can... watched you sit still your whole... Like, you can read a book. You can hunch over your little art desk and draw your <laughs> fucking soul out. You can... I've watched your intense focus. I can't say that I'm jealous of it because it looks horrible to me. <laughs> I love it, though. Well, For I, me, it's like a meditative state. The only time I get that intense focus is when I'm shooting. I actually... I went shooting with Dad yesterday. Mm-hmm. And at the end of it... Yeah, if you can't was, tell, we live in Indiana. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It was it was a wonderful it was wonderful. Um, I we got out there. We weren't rushed. It wasn't crowded. Mm-hmm. You know the, the lanes were very safe. Um, you know, me and Dad got to really hang our targets. We got to sight in some things. It was a very relaxing, meditative time. I didn't have to feel like I was rushed. Like I had to just mm-hmm. mag dump everything and run. Um, I got to, you know, shoot shoot my, my new rifle, or I shouldn't say new, uh, I mounted sights to a new rifle, and I got to dial those in, and I got to really sit down and, 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 and focus on aiming and breathing, and then letting two shots go, releasing the magazine, ejecting the round in the chamber, laying the gun in a safe manner, and then advancing downrange to track the shots that we took. Mm-hmm. And we did this, and we repeated this, and we repeated this till we got the sights on right, and it was me and Dad involved in something together focusing talking mm-hmm. and you know when we got done doing the sighting and everything um we did a, so, some uh, target shooting in the at the pistol end of the range at the shorter range and mm-hmm. that to me is the most meditative because that's when I'm, I'm i'm working through and I'm, it's it's i'm worried about my stance from my toes to my knees to my hips mm-hmm. to my uh, stomach to my chest to my head neck to my you know shoulders elbows hands i think we talked about a bit about this last time how there's like a comfort in process it is it's one of the few things i can really slow down and really super focus on yeah it's I a can weird see it. even amanda what about said cooking? it's weird because you like cooking do you feel anything similar when you cook i if i'm cooking with amanda i, I really enjoy the time with her and doing that mm-hmm. um but for myself i'm a really utilitarian eater like I can cook. Yeah, yes. I've you but you I, cook really well when you want to. But I'll if it's me but just that's the eating. Key term if it's when just you want to. if it's just me eating, it'll mm-hmm. be a Jack's pizza because I really don't care. Yeah, I'm very utilitarian when it comes to eating. That's why I, I actually like See, very flavorful foods because I like eating them I'm, in small amounts. Yeah, I'm that way about <sighs> cooking, but it's different with baking. For some reason, I get really obsessive with baking, I and I a, think that that's. Part of it is the social aspect, because when I bake, I'm baking for other people. Bakers are glorified chemists, and I am not that precise of a person. <laughs> yeah, that's I can, accurate. I can cook with my heart and soul, and, mm-hmm. like, you know, just like, you know, mom taught me I love you, mom. Uh, the, the I don't, there's no fucking measurements with me. It's I sprinkle the seasoning until I... Oh, God, I, yeah. Mom, I don't think... It, we're talking about her stepmom, yeah. but uh, she's never... I, I don't think I've ever seen that woman no. use measurements no, in my life. No, that's exactly where I learned it from, though. But I know what the right amount of salt looks like. Yeah. I know what the right amount of garlic looks like. I know what the right amount of... Yeah. You, I know what the right amount of these things look like in, in dishes that I eat frequently or make frequently. But... It's definitely an ability. <sighs> it's, it's a skill. Well, I'll put it this way. We, no matter what happens or who's cooking dinner when it comes time to season things Amanda calls me in 
See, Scott does with me too. I can usually hit it on the first try, and if I'm not, if I'm wrong, I'm I'm off by a little salt and pepper or something. Yeah. Like, but we have a gigantic cabinet full of seasoning, and I tend mm-hmm. to go light on the salt anyways for health's sake, or high blood pressure, all yeah. that kind of things. Same I really, here. Same I really here. try to be proactive about that stuff because I haven't lived the healthiest yeah. life, and I'm a shit bag. So. We, we try to buy like low sodium things. Yeah. And, you know, if we're gonna do like. Tacos, if we don't make our own seasoning, and you know, if we're yeah. in a hurry or something, That's we always buy the low making. sodium. Or we eat, we eat so. more tacos inspired we meals. Own, tacos, natural like tacos, like mm. just chicken, beef, whatever it happens to be at the moment. Yeah, we make more of that seasoning than literally anything else. It's twice a week probably for mm-hmm. us because it's so easy, it's so quick, and that's where we go. Like that's Cumin's our one spot. Good, man. Oh my god, Cumin's good. Well, that, and you get your little, like, smoked paprika, and then you mm. get, like, dark smoked chili powder. Okay, that, controversial or, statement, oh. or maybe not, but I kind of feel like cinnamon is the cumin of the baking world. Fair. It's in a lot. Well, it's, it's such a pronounced thing. You don't need much cinnamon in something to know that cinnamon's in something. Exactly. Cumin is the very same thing. You don't mm-hmm. need much cumin in something to know you have cumin in it. Exactly. You can smell it while it's cooking. Mm-hmm. Same with cinnamon. My, you can yeah. smell it when it's cooking. It's one of the. It's a very aromatic mm-hmm. ingredient, especially if you're going something on a higher end fresher. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, if you got the Walmart bottle. No offense, like, but if you got the Walmart bottle of dried mm-hmm. stuff, it's way different than something more fresh and a little. You know, it's yeah. very different. Uh, see, I like. I think that's why I like um, lemon flavored things. I okay. love lemon. Yeah. I like. It's like my favorite. The lemon blueberry combo, my favorite. So. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, it sounds weird. I I kind of hope like if this, you know, I don't think it's ever going to become a thing, but if it was that I wouldn't get big enough to the point where people would like bring me baked goods and shit because I could never eat them. Because I do this. I don't trust anybody. Like Gabriel Iglesias (laughs) getting brought cakes and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And when he said he ate them, I'm like, why? (laughs) Now. So. I have been, I am, I'm a fairly comfortable eater. I like, I don't, uh, I don't stretch much outside what I know. Uh, and not for any, I, I like, I won't eat those things. Mm-hmm. I won't eat a lot of things. Like if I'm paying for it, I eat exactly what I want. I'm mm-hmm. not, I'm not, you know, I, I rarely experiment. If somebody, if I'm at somebody's house and I am offered something, Mm-hmm. I am more than obliged to eat it. There mm-hmm. is something deep in my soul that says when somebody offers you food, you eat that shit. That mm-hmm. is somebody offering you basic survival on the most basic human of levels. Yeah. To me, there's something in my brain that malfunctions should I not eat that. So I have eaten... Oh, so you ever seen those live baby shrimp? Where they they mix them up with like cur- like um, um, uh, peppers and different things, and then they take a lime and they squeeze it over the top of it, and the little baby shrimp react to the uh, citrus juice, and they start moving around the bowl and popping and jumping. Mm. I've eaten those. Ew. Yep, and you know me, I don't eat shrimp. I don't Ew. eat fish really much at all. I was, I'm good, it, man. I we had some Loatian neighbors, and mm-hmm. I hung out with these this family. I love them. They were great. They were fun out. They, look, I'm not proud of this. We we're very heavy footed individuals, and 
they used to, they, they had a name for us, and I can't repeat it to this day. I only ever called him V because he ever told me you can't pronounce my name and I don't want you to try. <laughs> Fair um, enough. <laughs> yeah. But he was a really great dude. Um, but they used to call us this, this uh, Loatian name every time. They'd be like, hey, we'd walk by carrying groceries or whatever. And uh, I asked him one day when we were drinking what that means, and he, he snorted out the pop he was drinking and laughed. And I asked his wife why he was laughing, and she goes, it means the elephant's upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love him. I love that. I fucking love him. It meant the elephant's upstairs. My fucking God. But I, I got real close with these guys, and I would drink. They would do these herbally infused liquors, usually mm. with vodka. And they would have, you would just see all kinds of stuff crammed into this bottle. Yeah. And you could see that it had been in there for a while, Mm -hmm. that the stuff had changed color, and it all tasted weird. It was great. (laughs) See, now, I can't, I'm not that person. Like, friends or family, you know, I, most of the time, yeah. If I can identify it, I'll eat it. Yeah, but, like, if (laughs) I'm not sure about that shit, mm mm-mm. No, it's not. If okay, rule of thumb: if it can't pass my nose, it doesn't pass my. It doesn't go into my fair, mouth. Fair, so. <laughs> fair. I've had, but that's that's honestly that's not true for me. I've had chitlins. Mm-hmm. Uh, even well cleaned chitlins don't smell fantastic. Mm-hmm. They are good. I think it's something <laughs> that you should try if you ever get the opportunity from somebody who makes them phenomenally, and that that's mm-hmm. without question. Uh, but yeah, uh, that's probably the only exception to that rule for me. Yeah. Uh, like, I'll try something if I'm familiar with the ingredients knew, and they're just in a different combination than I've thing. had before. I knew, but, but like, I knew that was shrimp. Is, mm. I knew that was shrimp. Mm-hmm. I knew that was onions. I knew that was peppers. Mm-hmm. I knew. yeah. Like And honestly, once you added the lime to it, the shrimp, the little baby shrimp and the lime mm-hmm. tasted like fruity pebbles. Hmm. I shit you not. Really? It was weird. Sounds weird. <laughs> Good, though. <laughs> I say you can look it up, man. It was it was pretty cool. They they have a, there's plenty of videos on it. It's a for real dish, like little baby shrimp jumping around the bowl. The, moving, no. Oh yeah, yep. They were no, alive. That's a hard pass for him. You know that that is not the first creepy crawly I've eaten a lot. <laughs> no, no, no. I I uh, did I pay you or did I dare you? I can't remember. Oh, I think on multiple occasions I did it for freezies. Yeah. <laughs> so I did it just cause like, hey, check this earthworm out. Thump. Yeah. I didn't give a shit. Yeah. Uh, to be fair, today you could find me out in the wood. Like, if if it all goes down and I'm hungry, I, I'll flip a log and go to town. Akuna Matata, baby. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. Tamuna Puma taught me survival skills. <laughs> I'm gonna eat. Oh, I'm gonna God. I'm gonna get my grub on. Oh no, no. Uh, uh, all right, you're allowed one dad joke an episode, and that was your cat. <laughs> I'm proud. I took my shot. <laughs> Boom! That was a hell of a good shot. Oh, God. All right. Oh, I think this is a good place to wrap it up, though. We've had a good episode, and I think, uh, well, we, we talked about as much as we could on this subject without it getting too heavy, and hopefully you guys all enjoyed it, um, or if not the content. Well, maybe... <laughs> the it, subject, the discussion surrounding it, so... Well, at worst, it'll... Maybe somebody will do their own research on it and learn that, like, you didn't do yours or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Maybe, like, at, maybe. At, at worst, you kept the memory of those four victims alive in even some small way. Yeah. Yeah. 
I'm sorry I disrespected it with my potty mouth. (laughs) 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 Fucking terrible tangential information Uh, and (laughs) non-information. I think that's why people listen to podcasts, though. Hey, well, fair enough. Yeah, so that's what I have for today's episode, though. Thank you, everybody, for coming back and listening. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Tom, again, for being here with me and talking to me about it. My pleasure. I fucking love it. It's great. It is a lot of fun. Um, I am going to try. I am. I know lately I've been sticking to a lot of, like, Indiana, Michigan, you know, Illinois, Ohio stuff. I I think I'm going to stick with that for a while, so I hope everybody likes that. I'm going to kind of cover the Midwest a little bit and... um, I've got some other ideas in the works, so I hope you guys be interested in that. Um, I'm thinking about covering the disappearance of a female doctor that was in like the the early 1900s, which okay. uh, I think is really interesting. Um, the uh, oh, Showman's Cross or something like that, where um, it was Hammond, Indiana. There was a, a circus train uh, accident. Okay. A bunch of performers, circus performers, um, passed, and and um, a few other like. What about Frank Ono? Frank Ono. A uh, uh, local or Indiana-based Medal of Honor recipient. The guy did some things to win the medal, man. You know you can write too. Fuck you. <laughs> you guys do an episode where you write the script. Oh God! Oh Jesus! No! Please don't. It'll be <laughs> riddled with grammatical errors and it's just. It, uh, I'd be better off letting like twelve year old write it. <laughs> I'm gonna, you know, all you're saying is you want me to dictate my thoughts to Amanda as she types them out. That's all you're saying is make Amanda do it. So, what you yeah. and her do in your downtime is your ah. kink. Okay, it's not got anything to do with me. <laughs> so, anyway, folks, uh, again, thank you for joining us. I really appreciate all the continued support for those who do. Um, I know I joke all the time about the low numbers, but even the low numbers really mean a lot to me that anybody listens to me at all. So thank you guys, and um, we'll see you all on the other side. See you later.